0: Log Talk Radio.
1: We will be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash PGAN. That's blogtalkradio.com slash PGAN. And you can send messages to the show on Twitter at GoFork. And also... Chat room is open, live and ready to go. You can send messages to the show at blogtalkradio.com/slash P Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by Cowboys running back Philip Tanner. He's going to talk about the upcoming NFL season. Training camp is just around the corner. Philip Tanner has a different body right now. He's he's sleek, he's explosive, and that's what a lot of people are talking about uh, during the Cowboy OTA. So we're going to talk to Philip Tanner. Also going to be joined by the greatest NBA fan out there, that is the one, the only Clipper, Darryl. And, you know, the Clippers, a lot of great things going on with the Clippers right now. I mean, you're the Los Angeles Clippers right now. You have to be absolutely positively excited what's going on. I mean, you have right now Chris Paul, he's coming back. Doc Rivers, of course, is in the fold. So you got to be excited if you're a Clippers fan. And we're going to talk to Darryl about the great things going on with the Los Angeles Clippers, and let's stay in Los Angeles, and let's go and talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. It's been a sad time in L.A. I mean, Dwight Howard made his decision last Friday night, and I mean, it was typical Dwight Howard, whether he actually made a decision or didn't make a decision, whether or not he actually wavered or just didn't make a decision at all. It was typical Dwight Howard. I mean, we, we were all confused earlier in the day. You you were under the impression, okay, Dwight Howard is going to the Rock. It's done deal. Nothing to worry about. It is what it is. And then later in the afternoon, later in the night, around 7, 8, 9 o'clock, you're starting to hear whispers, okay, Dwight is undecided at this point. He's torn at this point. Maybe he's going to go back to the Los Angeles Lakers. Maybe. And you knew coming into this whole situation that, the Houston Rockets were the favorite. You knew the Houston Rockets were the favorite in terms of landing the services of Dwight Howard. And why not? I mean, the Rockets have a legitimate superstar in James Harden. I, I say he's a star at this point. I don't want to call him a superstar. I don't want to jump the gun there, but he is a star. They have a star in Dwight and uh, James Harden, Jeremy Lin, decent season, Chandler Parsons, uh, another few, another player who's who's stepping up his game and getting better. And, you know, you added Dwight Howard now into that mix, a young team. Houston's a very, very young team. Guess who the oldest player on the Houston Rockets is? It is Dwight Howard. So this is a very, very young Houston Rockets team. They're a young basketball team. And Dwight Howard is going to be the centerpiece of that basketball team. He's going to be – well, him and, it's going to be him and Harden's show and whose team it is. They'll figure that out. As of right now, I guess coming into the situation, you have to say it is James Harden's team. But the Rockets are a young basketball team right now. And Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard is in the mix, a young Dwight Howard. I mean, it's going to be a hungry Dwight Howard. He's got a lot to prove. I mean, coming off a back injury, and, you know, hopefully he's healed and healthy from the back, and hopefully he's healed and ready to go. I mean, if you know, last year we saw Dwight Howard, we saw Dwight Howard that was a little limited because of the back. The back limited what Dwight Howard could be and what he should be and what he has been throughout the course of his career. But you look at Dwight Howard now, the oldest guy on the Rockets team, 27 years old. Only twenty seventeen and twelve with a bad back, seventeen and twelve coming off a back injury, seventeen and twelve. So the numbers <laughs> average a year. way. there are reports coming out that not sure in terms of what was gonna happen with Kobe. He wanted Kobe Bryant to essentially torch. He wanted the Lakers to become his team on some You look at Dwight Howard, he, a, he didn't like the system that he was playing in, Coach D'Antoni's system, obviously not geared towards big men. That's, that's very obvious. That's very evident. When Mike D'Antoni had the most success in his career, he played small ball. This was not a small Lakers team with Kyle Gasol and Dwight Howard. That, that's just no doubt about it. This was not a small basketball team. So they, they, they didn't have the personnel really to play small ball. Where the Lakers probably went wrong is when they made the decision to go Mike D'Antoni over Phil Jackson, when they made that decision. That decision was the decision that you could argue, and this is a strong, I mean, this is a stretch here. This is a stretch, and I'm going to make this stretch, but this is a stretch you could argue that not bringing in Phil Jackson is one of the reasons why Kobe Bryant may have had that Achilles injury. And that Achilles injury could have came from Kobe working overtime and having to will his team into the playoffs. Maybe that wouldn't happen if Phil Jackson was in the mix. Maybe they wouldn't be in a situation where they were forced to play Kobe a whole bunch of minutes. Maybe. But I look at the whole situation. They made a mistake, obviously, in bringing in Mike D'Antoni, mistake number one. That was a big mistake. A big-time mistake. And you look at the Lakers, I mean – you look at that whole trade and the whole trade that with Bynum and Howard and Iguodala, the team that made out the best is the Orlando Magic. You would never have thought that. I mean, Dwight Howard went to the Lakers. It didn't work out. Andrew Bynum went to the Sixers, did not play a single minute with the Philadelphia 76ers, a single second for that matter. Andre Iguodala signs with the Golden State Warriors. So all the parties involved in that particular trade have moved on to different locations, except Vujicic, Nikolai Vujicic for the Orlando Magic, Mo Harkless for the Orlando Magic. So the Orlando Magic, I guess you can make the argument, made out the best. They made out the best in that move, the Orlando Magic. And who would have thought? Who would have thought that the Magic would have made out the best out of that whole move? And there was talk, you know, now people are saying that, you know, Dwight was possibly wanting the Lakers to amnesty Kobe so he could possibly join up with Steve Nash. So he could, I mean, not Steve Nash, Chris Paul. So Dwight and Chris Paul could be reunited with the Lakers. I mean, it's, you know, and you look at his quotes. You look at his quotes. He told ESPN Los Angeles this. I just really think the time in L.A. wasn't right for me. Maybe two years ago or two to three years from now would have been the right time. You look at two to three years from now. Kobe may not be there two to three years from now. So is that what he wants? Is that what he wants? He, and a lot of people are, are, are pointing to the fact that he basically did not want to play with Kobe anymore, did not want to play in Mike D'Antoni's system. And bottom line, he just wanted out of L.A., and a lot of people are saying, you know, L.A. just wasn't for Dwight Howard. It's too pressure-packed for Dwight Howard. He needs to go to a situation that is not as pressure-packed as L.A. Houston. The media is not as rough as they are in L.A. Orlando. The media is not as rough as they are in L.A., especially on the Lakers. And we look at the Lakers. I mean, they just, they're so much over the salary cap. They paid, what, $29 million in luxury tax? Fees, $29 million, darn near $30 million in luxury tax fees. And guess what? They did not win a playoff game. Not one playoff victory to show for the $30 million in luxury tax. (laughs) That's a lot of money not to win a playoff game. That's a lot of money. And so the Lakers are in transition right now. They are truly a team in transition. Lakers probably won't be bad for long. Got a lot of salary cap space in 2014. Who knows? Maybe Melo goes from New York to L.A. Maybe LeBron who can opt out. Maybe he finds his way to L.A. Who knows? The Lakers has some problems. The Lakers have some issues, and they need to change some things moving forward. And, I mean, the reality is Kobe Bryant, who knows what we'll get from Kobe Bryant. Yes, he's a warrior. Yes, he's a legend. But he is coming off an Achilles injury at the age of 34. Steve Nash, yes, he, he's had some MVPs, success. Yes, he's had his most success with Mike D'Antoni. But he was beat up last year, and he's older. So, I mean, Powell Gasol, I think Powell Gasol still can get it done. And they did sign Chris Kamen. I mean, the Lakers, as far as I'm concerned, maybe they need to join the Sixers. Maybe they need to join the Clippers. Not the Clippers, the Celtics, in and the Andrew Wiggins sweep states. Time to get bad to get better. Get bad to get better. Time to tank the 2013 season if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, possibly, because I don't see the Lakers getting any better this season. I do not I, I see a lot of what I saw this year barely making the playoffs, at that, and going out in the first round. That's the best I can think about in terms of the Los Angeles Lakers. We shall see. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Frustration, I think, if you're the Lakers with Dwight Howard, if you're the fan base with Dwight Howard. And and you look at the whole situation with Dwight Howard, it just did not seem like he wanted to be in L.A. And that's kind of the bottom line of the whole thing. It didn't seem like Dwight Howard wanted to be in L.A. And that's the bottom line. He did not want to be in L.A., and it showed. And ultimately now Dwight Howard is off to the Houston Rockets. And let's stay in the Big state of Texas. We're going to bring in a guy now about to go off to training camp in the next couple weeks. The Dallas Cowboys coming into the season. A lot of people expect them possibly to win the NFC East, possibly to get to the playoffs. Tony Romo got paid. And a lot of great things going on in Dallas. Let's bring in now their running back. Running back for the Dallas Cowboys, Phillip Tanner. Phillip, how are you, man? Hey, I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing well. Thanks for joining us.
2: Uh, no problem at all.
1: Now, Philip, you're a Texas boy. You're a Dallas boy. Uh, I mean, Dwight Howard he made the decision. He just <laughs> didn't want to go to the Mavericks. He decided to go to Houston. How you feel about that?
2: I mean, I feel he, he felt he did what was best for him to do. I have a about a Lakers, so the the ball goes back,
1: So you. You're, you're kind of breaking. You're breaking up. Hello. I think we have a bad connection with Philip Tanner. We'll try to get him back on. Um, you know, the Dallas Mavericks—they missed out on uh, Dwight Howard, passed on Andrew Bynum. Let's bring him back in.
2: Philip. Hey, sorry about that. I lost my call.
1: Oh, no problem, man.
0: So
1: we yeah, we, but, we, we, we t- Dwight uh, Howard,
2: well, your thoughts on that? Your thoughts you know, on Dwight Howard? Yeah. Yeah, man. I I said my 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 feelings about Dwight. You know, I feel you know as athlete, he did the best thing that he felt he should do. But I have to have a strange taste in my mouth being a Mavericks fan for Lamar Odom. So it may be it may be a good thing he didn't come to the match, <laughs> Yeah, that that. that.
1: That whole situation with Lamar Odom would be enough to leave a sour taste in anybody's mouth, especially a Mavericks fan. I mean, that was a rough, rough situation. You look at the Mavericks now. I mean, missed out on Dwight Howard, bypassed Bynum, didn't want Andrew Bynum. I mean, this was a team a couple of years ago. They won the title, and then they were, you, you got the sense Tyson Chandler moved on and everything, got rid of Stevens. Stevenson, got rid of a lot of pieces from that championship team with the thought of possibly making a free agent run at some guys and, and it really hasn't worked
2: out. Yeah, I mean, I I don't understand how why Mark came, the guy that comes to the mask. I mean, we missed out on Broadway Williams, you know, missed out on big time guys, and I I just, I just feel bad for Dirk. You know, Dirk 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 has a couple he's at the end of his career. You know, he has a couple more good years than him, and I'm just I'm not sure what's going on. Why can't we get any good players around Dirk?
1: Yeah, it's going to uh, – you, you look at the Mavericks and you're what is the future in Dallas. And like you said, Dirk Nowitzki only has so much left in your tank. It should be interesting what happens with the Mavericks moving forward. I want to get to you now, man. All the things I've been hearing about in this offseason is you're explosive now. You're, you're sleeker. Talk about the new Philip Tanner.
2: Oh, man, it's just, you know, I came in. You know, I felt at times I was a little too heavy last year you know, as far as being able to do the things that I wanted to do with the ball and without the ball, you know. So I made it my goal, you know, to come into the offseason, you know, work on my explosiveness, you know, work on my weight, you know, go go in with my uh, trainer and the trainers I mean, the, the workout staff here with the Cowboys to let them know what I wanted to do and where I wanted to play at. So, I mean, everything's looking good, man. Coming in with Coach Callahan, you know, gelling with the offensive line even more. I mean, we're looking forward to a big year.
1: So now, coming into the season, you felt like you needed to lose the weight, you needed to become sleeker, you needed to become more explosive. What did you do diet-wise to make that happen?
2: Oh, yeah, diet-wise. I uh, had got, you know, made I nutritionist my nutritionist, uh, my best friend, you know, Amy Goodson with the Cowboys, I made her my best friend just asking her what things I needed to do. And wherever I'm at, if I'm going anywhere, I just give her a call. Hey, I'm at, here at Chili's, you know, what's the best meal that I should eat here? And, man, she stays on top of it. She would give me a list of things I could do, just things to eat before workouts, after workouts, during the day, and that has really helped me.
1: Now, Felix Jones off to Philly, right? So uh, there's a battle for that second running back spot. You got Lance Dunbar, You got Joseph Randall in the mix. What's your mindset as you enter training camp with the Dallas Cowboys?
2: Um, Just just go out and compete, man, and have fun every day. You know, just to go out uh, and show up on a positive end of the highlight tape every time the coaches watch the film. And more so just to gain the trust of, you know, the entire team, the players, the coaching staff. And at the end of the day, just do whatever I can do to help the team become a better team.
1: And the reality is you were you are an undrafted free agent. So you're used to this. You're used to having to battle for your, a roster spot. So this is really nothing new for you.
2: Oh no, no, no doubt. You know, and and that's the great thing about the NFL. You know, just being able to go and battle every day. Just, I mean, even in life, that's all life is about. It's just getting up, battling every day, and being the best you can be every day. Me, the running back group, offensive line, all, uh, the entire offense. We're a real family. You know, that's that's the Cowboys locker room. We're family, that we're there for each other. So just going out and competing with each other every day, and at the end of the day, we'll be a better team.
1: We're talking to Cowboys running back Philip Tanner. Phillip, disappointing end to the season for the Cowboys, losing out to the Redskins for the NFC East title. New season. Expectations are still the same, you guys. Many expect you guys to make it to the playoffs and possibly beyond. How do you feel about this team going into training camp?
2: Oh, man, I'm feeling good about it. From the first day we got back in April, man, it's part of, you know, working out and going to OTAs and minicamp. Man, just the mindset of everybody, just going out every day and competing every day from the the, defeat defensive side, special teams, the coaching staff, the offensive side. Man, we are just excited, man. We like I said, it was a sour taste left in our mouth at the end of the season last year. The only thing we can do is build on it from practice to practice, day to day, game to game and just continue going forward.
1: Do you feel like you guys are legitimate Super Bowl contenders?
2: Oh man, that that, that that's always the ultimate goal. You know, for and I feel if you're on a team and that's not the ultimate goal, then you guys are looking at you know, you guys are going there the wrong way. That's the ultimate goal, to hold that trophy over our head. But, man, it starts day by day. You know, like when we started in April, that's when it started. You know, and it's going on to start back up again July 19th once we get down to Oxnard. And we'll just build on it every day with that being the ultimate goal.
1: We're talking to Cowboys running back Philip Tanner. You guys, you talked about the new offensive coordinator, Bill Callahan, who will be calling the plays for the Cowboys. From what you've seen to this point, how different will the offense look in 2013?
2: Oh, man. just, I mean, I, I'm not going to say it's going to look totally different. You know, that's things that, thing that we are all also have to build on in camp, and once we get to camp, we'll figure it out. But the most important thing is just being detail-oriented, you know, just make sure we pay attention to the details, playing without penalties, you know, and just playing smart, playing smart football, and that's the biggest thing. We go out there and play smart football, do away with penalty and not turn the ball over, man. We'll be one of the best offenses in the NFL. And,
1: and let's talk about Tony Romo for a moment, armed with a new contract six years 108 million dollars. A lot of questions about Romo outside of Valley Ranch, but inside Valley Ranch, do you guys still believe in Tony Romo?
2: Oh, uh, still. I never, I never not believed in him. No, Romo is a great guy. You know, Romo is one of those guys that I sat in college locker rooms and and got so much slack about and talk noise about for five years. And I was at Middle Tennessee State, just being a great Romo guy. But then being, being able to come in and play under Romo and play with Romo and allow Romo to teach me and be a mid-team under Romo. Romo's a great guy. You know, I enjoy coming to work with him every day. He's a player's quarterback. He's there. He demands greatness from everybody. That's one of the best things I demand – I mean, I like about Romo is how he demands greatness from the entire team. So, I'm I'm a huge fan of him and enjoy playing with him every day.
1: So, you think he gets a bad rap?
2: I mean, mean, that's just the nature of not only the – then I fell by the nature of position, the quarterback position. To win, he gets all the glory. To lose, you know, he gets all the strife. So, and I'm quite sure Romo knows that also. You know, he he's a great guy, and I love being around him. And, you know, he he carries a lot more on his shoulders than we do. So, being a quarterback in the NFL, that's just the nature of the business. And I I commend him. I respect uh, Romo has my utmost respect.
1: As we talked about, you are slimmed down. You are much more explosive going into training camp. What are the personal goals for Philip Tanner going into the 2013 season?
2: Oh, uh, and our personal goals is just, first of all, first and foremost, you know, to make the team and contribute on a 53 man roster. And then to, uh, to stay healthy throughout the year. That's the big thing that, you know, it's hard for players to control. You know, all we can do as much as we can do just to stay injury free. So just to stay injury free. And then another goal is just to uh, find my role and be great at
1: it. And these are great goals. To have Philip, I know you're big on Twitter. Where can fans connect with you on Twitter?
2: Oh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at FPTown34. Uh, you know, I I love guys, love t- uh, Twitter followers. I interact on Twitter with my fans and enjoy it. You know, I feel Twitter is one of those things that we can take our fans, just kind of to a certain degree, bring them into our life, you know, showing what we do on a day-to-day basis and just explain to them, let them know that we're down-to-earth guys and just average human beings like everyone else.
1: Now, Philip, you will be in the California area in, in July. Here, you going to hook up with Lamar Odom.
2: No, not at all, man. Not at all. I, mean, I, <laughs> I, wish, I wish, I wish, I wish Lamar Odom the best, but I'm even a mouth Like I said, that's just a sour taste in my mouth.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Philip, a pleasure having you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. Let's do this again.
2: Oh, most definitely, most definitely. Take care. All right, you got to take care too,
1: Philip Tanner. Running back for the Dallas Cowboys and Lamar Odom. I mean, we'll see what happens tomorrow. I mean, will he go back to the Clippers? Will he go back to the? Will he go back to the Lakers? I mean, where what's going to happen with Lamar Odom? And we'll we shall see. And I want to stick in the NBA, and I want to go to Andrew Bynum. I'm a lifelong Philadelphia 76ers fan, so to even talk about Andrew Bynum, just Pains me. This hurts. It hurts to talk about Andrew Bynum. This was a guy who came to Philadelphia last year with so much fanfare. Came to Philadelphia, and it was a, it was an oh, happy day. It was a happy day. Andrew Bynum was in Philadelphia. The Sixers were finally going to be relevant for the first time since what? Since Alan Iverson left. It was great. In Philadelphia, we welcomed him with open arms. We hugged him. We had a big press conference outdoors. Everybody there, everybody celebrating, everybody clapping their hands and enjoying Andrew Bynum. And then Andrew Bynum misses training camp, doesn't really participate in training camp, then there was talk possibly he would come back in September, October. It didn't happen. December, January. It didn't happen. After the All-Star break, it didn't happen. He finally got surgery. He finally was done, officially for the rest of the season. And it went all south, down south from there. But Andrew Bynum has resurfaced. The Cleveland Cavaliers two years, 24 million. But only 6 million of that guarantee and they have a player option in the second year of that deal so you look at the cleveland cavaliers this is a this is a win-win deal for me as far as i'm concerned i mean if he doesn't if he's not healthy then guess what you haven't invested a lot of money in him move him on move him on get him out your life i mean it's a win-win situation a win-win situation if you're a cleveland cavaliers fan it's a win-win situation and if you're at Cleveland, you're building something there. I mean, there has to be a level of excitement now with Andrew Bynum, pairing him with Kyrie Irving, Deion Waiters, Tristan Thompson, to name a few, Varajal. I mean, you've got to be excited with the possibilities. Well, let me just caution you, Cleveland. I was excited about the possibilities of Drew Holiday, Nick Young, Darrell Wright, Andrew Bynum. I was excited about those possibilities. Evan Turner teaming him up with Andrew Bynum. I was excited about all those possibilities. It didn't happen. It did not happen. He did not play a single solitary second, not a second on the floor for Andrew Bynum last season for the Philadelphia 76ers. But Big Bynum, he's a seven-footer. He's got a lot of skills, and when healthy, he's the second-best center in this game. So guess what? Someone is willing and is going to take a chance on him. That someone is the Cleveland Cavaliers who took a chance on Big Bynum. Big Bynum, if he's healthy, again, second-best center in the game. If healthy, changes the landscape for the Cleveland Cavaliers, makes them a definitive playoff team if he's healthy. I mean, I didn't have championship aspirations but when Andrew Bynum came to Philadelphia, but I was thinking at least Eastern Conference Finals. I was thinking Eastern Conference Finals. That was on my mind. It didn't happen, obviously. And hopefully if you're a Cavaliers fan, he doesn't let you down. But be prepared for the possibilities. And Cleveland, I mean, who knows? What if Bynum goes to Cleveland? His knees are okay, and I'm hearing otherwise. I mean, you know, I'm hearing those, those knees will never be right. But let's just say they are. Let's just say the, the surgery that he got cured all his knee problems. Let's just say that happened. Let's just go with the premise that that happened. Let's just say that everything was cleaned up and Andrew Bynum saying he's healthy. Let's just go with that premise. But I, I would think and I would argue that if he truly was healthy he would have got more than 6 million in guarantees. Someone would have gave him more money because again, he's a 7-footer. He's a 7-footer with skills and quite frankly, that does not grow on trees. So you would think, you would think that someone someone would have given him and you know, more money, more guaranteed money. You would think that someone would have given him more the Cavaliers are taking a chance here, but they're not really taking much of a chance. It's a win-win situation. Only $6 million in guarantees. Only $6 million in guarantees. So guess what? If it doesn't work, you push him along. You still have your cap space for 2014 where you can bring your boy back, LeBron James, where you can bring him back to Cleveland. And wouldn't that be great? Just a side note, LeBron James back in Cleveland. I mean I, I I think that would be a perfect way for him to end his career back where it all started. And I you know, I was one of these guys that was hoping that LeBron would stay. I was hoping he would stay in Cleveland. That was my hope. That was my belief. That was my Idea, That was my hope, that he would stay in Cleveland. It didn't work out that way. Obviously, he made the decision to take his talents to South Beach, and it is what it is. But maybe he can end it in South Beach. Maybe he can end it in South Beach. Maybe. Maybe. But I look at the whole situation with Cleveland, I think this is a perfect opportunity for them a perfect opportunity for Andrew Bynum to show the league that he is healthy and maybe he could garner another long-term contract. Maybe he can get another long-term deal. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he won't. Because I don't believe he is healthy or will be healthy enough to be successful in the NBA for an extended period of time. You might have a few games where Bynum is successful and healthy and, and running and, and doing his thing, and then you might have a situation where enough is enough and he just won't have enough in that knee to keep it going. I would think if he really truly had enough in his knee to keep it going, the Sixers would have made an effort to resign him. I would think teams would be knocking down his door to get at him if... And, you know, he met with a few teams, but... He met with team doctors from the Hawks, the Mavericks, and the Cavaliers. That's three teams. And, you know, obviously, the Mavericks, they could use the center. We just talked about the Mavericks. We talked about uh, their situation with Dirk Nowitzki and them getting older and and them, you know, having all that cap space and wasn't able to get their hands on Dwight Howard. That would be a nice landing spot for Andrew Bynum. Obviously... They saw something that was not interesting to them. They saw something that made them quite disinterested because they did not make him an offer. Obviously the Hawks, a team that could use a big like Andrew Bynum. And let's be clear. Let's be clear about something. There are a lot of teams in the National Basketball Association that could use the skill set that Andrew Bynum brings to their team. There are a lot of teams out there that could use a seven-footer with the skill set of Andrew Bynum. A lot of teams. A lot of teams that could use that skill set. A lot of teams. So, obviously, this man is not completely healthy. Obviously. I, I, I think it's fairly obvious. I don't expect him to be healthy again. I think we've seen the last, the best of Andrew Bynum. I think this situation is going to end just like the situation in Philadelphia. I think he'll play, but I don't know how effective he'll be. I don't know for how long he'll play, but he'll play. But I think we have seen the last of Andrew Bynum. And the last, so I guess he'll come in the Cleveland Cavaliers uniform. Because after this, I mean, I look at this, as far as I'm concerned, as his last opportunity. This is his last opportunity. He didn't work out with teams. He did not work out with teams. He didn't work out with any teams. So I don't know if that's a telltale sign. Refuse to, and, And you would think a guy like Andrew Bynum again who who wanted who would want to prove himself and want to prove that he is completely healthy would want to work out with teams around the league you would you would think that would be his you would think he would want to do that you would think you would think but but he did he didn't think that was important he didn't think that was necessary and maybe he's hiding something maybe. He's hiding something. But this is an incentive-laden contract that he has. A lot of incentives in this contract. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, as I said, it's a win-win for the Cleveland Cavaliers. We shall see what happens with Andrew Bynum. I want to go now to Robert Kraft, twitching gears to the NFL. Robert Kraft felt like, and, and came out this week, it felt like, you know, he was possibly duped by Aaron Hernandez, and this quote is this, if this stuff is true, meaning Aaron Hernandez killing Odin Lloyd, if that is true, murdering Odin Lloyd, if that is true, if this stuff is true, then I've been duped and our whole organization has been duped. I mean, the reality is, he's been duped, and the NFL, in a lot of ways, was duped. A lot of people were duped by Aaron Hernandez now it seems like you know this guy has gotten into obviously a lot of trouble even before this whole situation I mean the man has has been involved with other situations if it's fights if it's breaking uh, a person's eardrum allegedly shooting someone in the eye I mean things of that nature I mean you know the guy has been involved in a lot of things bar fights you know (laughs) Possibly, I mean, they're they're possible a link to him in a in a double murder in Boston. Possible, I mean, they're, they're just they're, at this point, it's all they're all looking into it. But the thing is, you know, this guy seems to be a guy who has issues in terms of his temper. Who, quite frankly, I mean, if all these things are true, it's just not a bad, not a good dude. He's just not a good person. I mean, some of the things that he's been accused of doing really does not make him a good person. And at this point, one of the guys involved in the shooting, Carlos Hernandez, Ortiz, I should say, you know, he, he says they, they were together in a car, and, you know, they they uh, Aaron Hernandez and the other gentleman that was with him got out the car, urinated, and, you know, Odenloy didn't come back. So a few went out the car, and they didn't come back. So, (laughs) you know, that tells you something. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, who knows? Carlos Ortiz is a guy who has had issues with drugs, according to reports, obviously had issues with the law. So I don't know how much his testimony will help. I mean, I guess it will help some, but I guess the other guy who was involved in that whole situation, the other guy who was there at the time um, with those guys and his name um, escapes me at this point. I'll get it in a moment. But, you know, there were three guys, Carlos Ortiz. You got also Aaron Hernandez, and you got the gentleman Wallace that was with him. You know, all these guys were with him. They were with Aaron Hernandez that night, that particular night. And it's everything, and I know at this point a lot of it is circumstantial evidence. A lot of it is circumstantial evidence at this point. It is. But, I mean, it just seems like everything is pointing to Aaron Hernandez possibly being the guy who shot Odin Lloyd on that particular night. Everything seems to be pointing to Aaron Hernandez, but at the re- at this point, the reality is he is an innocent man until proven guilty. So, Aaron, Ernest Wallace, you know, another guy who was there at the scene, along with Carlos Ortiz, along with Aaron Hernandez, you know according to court records he's saying that Aaron Hernandez admitted to killing Odin Lloyd apparently Ernest Wallace told Carlos Ortiz that Aaron Hernandez admitted to kill it, killing Odin Lloyd so We'll see how this whole thing points out. Again, I don't really you know, this is a you know, this is a guy who's had some troubles with the law, meaning Carlos Ortiz. This is a guy who's had some issues with drugs. I mean he he was abusing PCP, according to his probation officer, abusing alcohol on a daily basis. Abusing these things on a daily basis. So I don't know how much that really... I mean, obviously, if both of those guys point to Aaron Hernandez, then I think that strengthens the case against Aaron Hernandez. That strengthens the case against Aaron Hernandez. If all those guys say, you know what, this guy did the shooting. If all those guys say that, then we have to say, or not we, but I mean, you would believe that that helps in terms of getting a conviction for the prosecution getting Aaron Hernandez but this is a it's a sad situation obviously for all parties involved and you know you you just look at Aaron Hernandez and just all the things that he just threw away by this decision it it, it just doesn't make much sense it just doesn't. It just is beyond belief. But if again, if he if he did it, obviously, you know, you got to come down hard on him. If he did it, obviously, he needs to be locked up for a long period of time. Maybe he should never see the light of day ever again because just looking at some of his behaviors. This is a guy who just seems to be very troubled, a guy who has sociopath-type of qualities, sociopath-type qualities, you know. Just, you know, if you get in his way, he's going to run you over, just like he was in the football field. And the thing about it is, and we can even look at, and let's point to the possibility of why he killed Odin Lloyd. Why he may have killed Odin Lloyd. One of the reasons he may have killed Odin Lloyd, or according to the prosecution at this time, is because Odin Lloyd disrespected him by talking to someone in a club. So that tells me a guy who has problems. That tells me a guy who's that who has issues. Aaron Hernandez. That tells me a guy who needs help and tells me a guy who, quite frankly, doesn't belong on the streets. He does not belong on the streets whatsoever. Doesn't belong on the streets. He doesn't. He's a menace to society if all these things are true about Aaron Hernandez. And speaking of arrest another NFL player Got arrested, it was about 32 arrests since the end of the season. I mean, he, Alfonso Denard arrested in Nebraska, accused of driving drunk. I mean, this is his second arrest in 15 months. Second arrest in 15 months. And he was scheduled to serve 30 days in jail for assaulting a police officer back in April of twenty twelve. And he hasn't even served that jail time. So obviously, if found convicted, this is a violation of his probation. And I I I talk about this all the time and you know I, I hate to belabor the point belabor the point, but I guess I have to. I mean if you are an NFL player and you're out and about getting your drink on, having a good time, and he's over 21, last I checked, so he's allowed to get his drink on. He's allowed to have a good time. No problem with that. No problem with that whatsoever. The problem that I have is, well, you're out there drinking, you're out there having a good time, but you haven't put together a, a, some kind of plan in terms of a designated driver if you were to get intoxicated and maybe that was your intention to begin with your intention is to go out there and get your drink on your intention is to get your drink on to have a good time to party to live it up to do what young people do when they have a lot of money that was your obviously your your intention or one of your intentions possibly on that particular night. I mean, this guy, this guy was a seventh-round draft pick. So you're you're a seventh-round draft pick. So you're barely in the league. You're a seventh-round draft pick. So you're barely in the league. And you're doing this? You're doing these type of things. Especially now, coming off the whole situation with Aaron Hernandez. You're talking about the whole situation now with Aaron Hernandez, and you're out here drinking and driving. Allegedly. You're out here drinking and driving. And again, the Patriots, knowing your history, still drafted you. I mean, one year, one week after your arrest, you still were drafted by the Patriots. And again, seventh round draft pick. So you were a guy, seventh round draft pick. You're a guy that needed to prove himself in terms of on the uh, off the field behavior. You needed to improve. Your, you needed to prove yourself. You needed to show. You needed to show the Patriots and their organization that you were a guy that was prepared and that you were a guy that was ready to be a different person. I mean, everything was set up for you. You did your probation. You got two years of probation. Your your 30-day jail sentence was set up for you where you would do the 30 days after the NFL season in 2014. So everything was set up for Alfonso Denard, everything. All he had to do. Was behave, and if he wanted to get his drink on drink on all he needed to do was get a driver, but if you're on probation if you're barely in the league, why would you be even be out why, why would you even be out in a bout? Why would you even put yourself in a position? Why would you put yourself in a position where you could get yourself in trouble? I don't know if this guy's going to get another chance, especially after the whole Aaron Hernandez situation. I don't know if he's going to get another chance. I don't know if the Patriots are going to give him another chance. And the reason why Alphonso Denard slipped to the seventh round was strictly because of off-the-field incidents. That was a big reason why he slipped. That was one of the reasons why he slipped. And the Patriots are starting to take a hit in terms of some of the guys they're taking chances on. You know, obviously, we all know what happened. Aaron Hernandez, Chad Ochocinco, that didn't work out. You know, and but the, it did. It has worked out for them in the past. You know, Corey Dillon, a guy that they brought in. A lot of people were saying was a bad guy, and they brought in, and he he bought into the brought into the. Uh, the Patriot way. He bought into the Patriot way. So, you know, they've had success, and obviously they've had some hiccups of late, especially with Aaron Hernandez, and even now with also Alfonso Denard. It's going to be interesting to see if he does have a future with the Patriots. It's going to be interesting to see if the Patriots will give him another chance. With all the things that are going on right now, I'd be shocked. If he gets another chance, I don't see him getting another chance. I would love to see the guy get another chance because I'm big on second chances. I'm big on second chances. Second chances, as far as I'm concerned, are very, very important. I think people are entitled to second and third, even third chances. And I guess theoretically, this is going to be a third chance in a lot of ways. We'll see what happens. I want to switch to baseball now, and Derek Jeter was supposed to make his debut today. All of New York was happy. The captain, Derek Jeter, was back in the lineup. It was going to be a, oh, happy day. Guess what? He was removed early in his debut. Removed early because of tightness in his quad. He's going to get an MRI on that quad. And the tightness came at the third at bat. His third at bat, he played DH today for the Yankees. His third at bat, he felt tightness in his quad. We'll see what happens with Derek Jeter. But all was supposed to be well. All was supposed to be happy. Everybody was going to be celebrating. Derek Jeter, the captain, he is back. Well, he really wasn't all that good during his AAA assignment. One for nine, four walks um, during his time at Scranton, the Yankees Triple A ball club. So he's back, but he left. He's back, and I don't know if he's going to return. Tightness in his quad, and he's going to get an MRI. Hopefully, if you're a Yankees fan, if you're a Derek Jeter fan, hopefully that could get settled, and hopefully he can come on back. And of course, the phenom, Yasiel Kweek. A lot of people are talking about him, talking about, you know what? This guy should not be an all-star. And as far as I'm concerned, I agree. He should not be an all-star. Has not played enough games to be an all-star. Has not played enough games. And, you know, he just hasn't. You can't be an all star and play the amount of games that Yassiarque has played for the Los Angeles Dodgers. You just can't. I know. He's a phenom, I know. Some of the things that he's done have been remarkable, but he only played thirty five games. Thirty five games. That's got that's not good enough. That's not good enough for you as far as I'm concerned to be an all star. You need to do it more there's 35 games, as far as I'm concerned, if you want to be an all-star. That's not good enough. That's not getting it done. You, he's got it done, but he hasn't gotten it done over a long enough stretch to be considered an all-star. I mean, the Giants, the Dodgers excuse me, have played 90 games. Queig has only played 35. That's less than half. It's about what? A little more than a third. Little more than a third of his of, of the Dodgers games he has played in. That's not good enough, in terms of being an All Star. It's just not, just not good enough. He's been nothing more than spectacular during his time with the Dodgers. Nothing more than spec- I mean, nothing less than spectacular. And as far as I'm concerned, you know what? I I understand. You know, I, On one hand, I see, okay, he hasn't played enough games. But then on the other hand, the All-Star game is a showcase of of the stars. It's a showcase of stars. It's a showcase of Major League talent. And on one hand, you know, while I don't think he's played enough games, on the other hand, I I almost think, you know what, it's just an All-Star game. And I know the All-Star game decides who gets home field advantage and everything in terms of the leagues and whatnot. But at the same time, even before they were deciding how and who would, win, who would get home field advantage, even before that, I mean, they were just alternating, alternating that le- uh, year by year. So it was just being alternated. So it really doesn't matter. But I understand home field does matter in terms of whoever wins gets home field for their particular league. It is what it is. It is what it is. As far as I'm concerned, an All-Star game is a showcase of talent. A showcase of talent. And I don't have a problem if he is named to the All-Star team. Do I, do I think he deserves to be on the All-Star team? Not enough games, no. But, but do I have a problem if he were to be named? On the, if he was to be named an All-Star, would I have a problem? No. I would not have a problem if they named Yasiel Kuig to the All-Star team. No problem whatsoever. Do I Again, do I think he's played enough games to be considered for the All-Star game? No, I don't. Only 35 games, and his team has played 90. Again, a little more than a third of the team's games he's played in. That's not a guy who deserves to be in the All-Star game. Just not. Just not. And a lot of people are criticizing him, Quig, in terms of his his, his arrogance. and You know, you had the whole situation with uh, Luis Gonzalez and, you know, how he brushed him off. And, you know, Mark McGuire kind of reprimanded him, got, in his, got into him, got in him, said, you know what, you don't disrespect Luis Gonzalez. You don't disrespect a guy like that. You don't do that. So Mark McGuire reprimanded him about that. But as he says, you know, he likes to play aggressive. He's an aggressive guy. He's an aggressive guy. And at this point, he was not selected to the All-Star game, which, again, being that he only played 35 games, is not a bad thing. But at the same time, at the same time, I know he only played 35 games, but at the same time, the All-Star game is a showcase of Major League Stars. And he's a rising star, it seems, but again, it's only 35 games. And as we know, with the game of baseball, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And right now, he's coming out sprinting hard. Right now, he's coming out, and you know, a lot of people are intrigued by his talents, intrigued by the prospects of Yasiel Kuig. But it's only played 35 games. And Major League Baseball, they play 162 games. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And, the, you know, we, we, you can see over time how good a guy will be. 35 games, a lot of do Kevin Moss. You remember him? Remember Kevin Moss for the Yankees came out and, you know, it was just a showstopper for a period of time. And then he flamed out. I mean, maybe that will happen with Queek. Maybe he'll come out at this point, you know, on fire. And then maybe he'll just flame out. A la Kevin Moss. Maybe that's what will happen with Yasiel Queek. Or maybe he'll have staying power. Maybe he's the next big thing, the next big star. Maybe he is that guy. Maybe. But at this time, at this point in time, he has not been selected to the All-Star team. And so a lot of people who have had their complaints can't complain no more because he didn't make it. He did not make it, so you can't complain at this point. It is what it is. It is what it is. But I wish Queek nothing but the best, and maybe he is that next big thing. Maybe he is, and I hope he is. Why not? It's good for baseball. It's good. Stars are good for any sport. Stars drive sports. Stars drive sports. So if Queeg is out there dominating, if Quig is the next big thing, that is good for sports. That's very good for sports. It's very good for sports. So I wouldn't mind seeing it. I wouldn't mind seeing the next big thing. I I hope Quig is that next big thing. Stars carry sports. Stars is what makes sports exciting. Stars is what makes sports watchable. Stars. Star power. Quig, is he that next big thing, or will he flame out? Is he that next big star? Is he that next guy? Is he that next guy? We shall see. As we head to the all-star break, I mean, you look at Major League Baseball right now, heading into the all-star break, which is right around the corner. I mean, the Phillies are a team trying to make a run, trying to put themselves in position. Should be This is an interesting weekend, I think, for the Phillies. I mean, if they can win tonight, that would be three out of four against the Nationals. Then maybe get two out of three against the Chicago White Sox. You would think they would be right in the mix of things and they would not be sellers. But if it falls apart for the Phillies this, this weekend, you would think at this point, they would think about, being sellers, I mean Jonathan Palpabon, Cliff Lee, uh, some guys that teams will want to have Philly's at this point seven and a half behind the Atlanta Braves in the National League east, still in striking distance, but you know if they don't if they flame out this weekend and have a rough weekend, they could be ten back, who knows. And at that point, you really have to start thinking about things. In terms of the wild card, they're six and a half back. And they have to leapfrog three teams to get to the Pirates, which has the best record in terms of the wild card. And um, excuse me, they would have to leapfrog two teams to get to the Cincinnati Reds, who has the second wild card spot. So, the two wild-card teams, they're, they're still in striking distance in terms of the wild-card, six-and-a-half back, still in striking distance in terms of the division, seven-and-a-half back. But at some point, they got to start stringing some wins together. And, you know, they, two out of three against the Pirates, and if they can get three out of four against the Nationals, I mean, that's good. And then you can take two out of three against the White Sox. You go into all-star break at 500 and, you know, in position at that point to... Make a run at the end of the season. Make a run there. But if it all falls apart, I think Cliff Lee needs to be on the table. I think Pablo Bond needs to be on the table. I think Michael Young needs to be on the table. I think a lot of guys need to be on the table. If the Phillies do not make their run, a lot of guys need to be on the table. Second hour Go For It starts right now.
2: a.k.a. Corey, live host of picture on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man Paulie G. and Jeremy. Get it! Thank you, sir. And we're back. And
1: in this second hour, we're going to be joined by one of the greatest NBA fans to ever live. One of the greatest NBA fans out there right now, the great Clipper Daryl. We're going to bring him in. We're going to get his insight on what he has seen in terms of his Clippers. The Clippers have made some moves, most notably bringing back Chris Paul, most notably bringing in Doc Rivers, making a trade, getting rid of Eric Bledsoe and Karam Butler, and bringing in J.J. Reddick, bringing in um, Jared Dudley, bringing in some guys now. And I look at the Clippers, Darren Collison as well. I look at the Clippers and yeah, I like the moves that they made, but I'm also saying to myself, okay, is it enough? Is it enough? I mean, you bring in these guys, but is it enough to get by the teams that are out there? Is it enough to get by the Spurs? Is it enough to get by Oklahoma City? Is it enough to get by the new look Houston Rockets? Are these things enough to get by those particular teams? It's a good good question. And I don't think it is. I don't think it is enough. I don't think they surpassed the Spurs. I don't think they surpassed the Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't. Houston Rockets, questionable. I know Dwight Howard. He's had his most success when he's had a stretch four alongside of him. They don't have that in Houston at this point. When Richard Lewis was alongside of him, guess what? He went to the NBA Finals. Richard Lewis was able to stretch the floor, and that helped Dwight Howard open it up for Dwight Howard. And, you know, that ultimately Lando Magic were able to get to the NBA Finals. They don't have that in Houston. They have to surround him with some shooters. He has had his most success when surrounded by shooters. He's had the most success when surrounded by shooters. You don't really see that in Houston. Houston is going to have to do that. They're going to have to surround Dwight Howard with those particular pieces if they want to have success. But it should be interesting. Dwight Howard now going to be working with Kevin McHale, going to be working with Hakeem Olajuwon, two of the greatest postmen to ever play this game. So he's very fortunate in that respect. And this is a guy in Dwight Howard who is kind of raw in terms of his post-up game. He's raw. He's got a raw post-up game. You know, he's kind of still, still a little crude in terms of his post-up abilities and his, his back-to-the-basket game. But, but. He has an opportunity now. Has an opportunity now to, in my mind, carve out a, a, a legacy for himself. He could change his legacy. This is his opportunity to change how people feel about the White Howard. If he goes to Houston and they, and they win a championship, how we feel about the White Howard, I think, is totally going to change, has to change. If he wins a championship with the Houston Rockets, it has to change. The way we we, we view him has to change. Uh, How we see him is going to have to change. If he wins a championship in Houston, we have to change how we view Dwight Howard. We're going to have to. It's only right. He's earned that. If he does what he has to do. If he does what he has to do. I mean if he goes and wins the championship in Houston, we gotta shut up. We all have to shut up. We 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 can criticize him all he wants, but if he has that chip, we have to shut up. Just like LeBron James, we criticized him as much as we wanted to. Everybody criticized him. Everybody criticized him. And the reality is the moment he won that championship is the moment we all had to shut up. And we all definitely have to shut up now because he has two. He has two now. So we all have to shut up in terms of Dwight Howard. We can't say anything, not Dwight Howard, in terms of LeBron James. Can't say anything about him. And I think Dwight Howard, in order for us to all shut up about Dwight Howard, he's going to have to win a title in Houston. He's going to have to change the perception of Dwight Howard. He's going to have to change the perception of Dwight Howard. In order for him to be viewed differently by the fans, in order for him to be viewed differently by the media, the court of public opinion, in order for all that to change, Dwight Howard, in my mind, has to win a title. This is his opportunity. This is his team, or this is an opportunity for him to carve out a nice legacy for himself. He really didn't have that in L.A. with Kobe Bryant still in the mix. That was Kobe Bryant's team. And again, as I said earlier, you can argue that Houston is James Harden's team. But, I mean, that's up for debate because Dwight Howard coming into the mix now, maybe the whole dynamic changes. Maybe it becomes Dwight Howard's team. But the bottom line is this. If he wants to change how people view him, if he wants to change his legacy, if he wants his legacy to be like a LeBron James, he has to win a title. Anything short of an NBA title, In terms of Dwight Howard, anything short of that, and I think the opinions of him stay the same. And a lot of people do forget. A lot of people do forget about Dwight Howard. He did lead a team to the NBA Finals. He led the Orlando Magic past LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers to the NBA Finals. He did that. He was a big reason for that. He was the reason for that. His play, his rebounding, his scoring, his shot blocking was one of the reasons that the Orlando Magic got to the NBA Finals. That team was constructed perfectly around him. Everybody on that roster, on that starting five back then, could shoot the three ball. Everybody could shoot the three ball for that Orlando team, in that starting line. And Rashard Lewis could hit it. Jameer Nelson. I mean, all those guys. Turkle, All those guys were effective behind the arc. They were effective behind the arc. And all those open looks came because of Dwight Howard. Came because of Dwight Howard's ability to dominate down low. who's the attention that he, he drew. He drew a lot of attention. And his ability to draw attention opened it up for everybody. Opened it up for Courtney Lee and Rashard Lewis and Jameer Nelson, J.J. Reddick, Hito Turkoglu. He opened it up for all those guys. Opened it up for all those guys. And that team was built specifically around Dwight Howard, and they were tough to beat because of the attention that Howard drew inside and because of the three-point shooters that they had surrounding him. He had a lot of three-point shooters around him. He had a team that was constructed towards his ability, towards his skill set, towards his strength. Obviously, the Lakers didn't do that. Different type of personnel. It didn't work in L.A. for whatever reason. If it was Dan Toney, if it was Kobe Bryant, if it was, they didn't embrace him. If it was any of those things, it didn't work. Didn't work. Didn't work in L.A. with the uh, with the Lakers. Didn't work. He has an opportunity now with the with the uh, Rockets to make it work. This was just the situation he chose. He wanted to go to Brooklyn. That didn't work out. They couldn't get a deal done. Couldn't work it out. Could not work it out. Ultimately, he landed in L.A. with the Lakers. Obviously, that didn't work out. So he made his choice. He made his decision. And he decided on the Houston Rockets and James Harden and Chandler Parsons and that group. That's where he wanted to go. He made his choice. Now it's up to him to carve out a legacy. It's up to Dwight Howard. Now there was no more excuses. This team is your team. There's no more excuses at this point. You wavered in terms of where you wanted to go for years. Orlando, you wavered. Did you want to opt in or did you want to opt out? The Lakers, you wavered. Did you want to stay or did you want to go? Obviously, you wanted to go. You made a definitive decision in some respect to go to the Houston Rockets. Now, since you've made that decision, you have an opportunity to shut me and everyone else up. You can shut everybody up now by winning a title. And, again, I'm not sure that's going to happen next season. I'm not sure that the Rockets are better than the Clippers. I'm not sure the Rockets are better than San Antonio Spurs. I'm not sure the Rockets are better than Oklahoma City Thunder. I don't think they are better than those three teams. They're not better than OKC, I don't think. Not better than the Clippers. The Grizzlies, I forgot about the Grizzlies. Are they even better than the Grizzlies at this point? I don't think you can say definitively yes. So even with Dwight Howard, even with James Harden, you're saying to yourself, this is probably the fifth best team in the Western Conference. At this point, I would put San Antonio, I would put OKC, I would put the Grizzlies, and I would put the Clippers over the Houston Rockets at this point in time. At this point in time. I would put those four teams ahead of the Houston Rockets. In the offseason, it's not over, and it could change, and the Rockets could acquire different pieces at this point. But as we sit here today, I think, as far as I'm concerned, That the Houston Rockets are the fifth best team in the Western Conference. So we go with that premise that the Rockets are the fifth best team in the Western Conference. We go with that premise. If the Rockets don't make it out of the first round. If the Rockets don't make it out of the first round. If they don't get out of the first round. I think, in a lot of ways, the White Howard is going to get crushed if they don't get out of that first round. And if we're saying they're the fifth-best team in the Western Conference at this point in time, if we go with that premise, if we go with that idea that they are the fifth-best team in the Western Conference at this point in time, if we're going with the premise that OKC, San Antonio, the Clippers, and the Grizzlies are better than the Houston Rockets at this point in time, and you could argue, maybe the Golden State Warriors are a team that is just as good, if not better, than the Houston Rockets after bringing in after bringing in Andre Iguodala. I mean, after bringing in Andre Iguodala, you could argue maybe the Golden State Warriors are just as good as the Rockets, if not better. just as good, if not better, if not better than the Houston Rockets. So this is no foregoing conclusion that the Rockets are going to, A, be what well, are going to be better, but doesn't mean they're going to get out of the first round. They're going to be better, but does that mean they're getting out of the first round? I don't think so. I don't think so. I Don't think so, but we shall see you're listening to Go for it on Block talk ready.
2: Mita, a.k.a. Corey, live host of Picture on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man Paulie G
0: and Jeremy. Get it!
1: And we're back, and we're going to continue our NBA talk, and we're going to continue this NBA talk with a guy who is on cloud nine right now, and a guy that's got to be very, very excited. There has been a culture change With the Los Angeles Clippers It's very obvious Chris Paul has decided to stay Doc Rivers has decided to come There's a culture shift With the Los Angeles Clippers The best team in LA Is not the Lakers anymore It is the Clippers And to talk about Let's bring him in now One of the greatest NBA fans you'll ever meet The one, the only Clipper Darrell Clipper, how are you, man? Man, living life, baby, living life right now. Everything going over there? Everything is great. Everything is great, and I know you're on cloud nine right now. Let's talk about the events of yesterday. The Clippers were able to retain the services of Chris Paul. How excited are you about CP3 returning to the Clippers?
0: Man, I love it, man. That's a man, it's a beautiful thing right now, man. You know the seems. C- Chris, see, one thing that I love about Chris is that he wasn't flamboyant with his free agency. He didn't go around. The Clippers did what they said. they had done. He said he's going to sign July. Now they went around and now they could fulfill every position that they needed to fulfill. He didn't wait out like, you know, a long stretch where he got a four or five days flying these different... You know what he wanted. The Clippers got what he got it. He stayed. And hey, let's go ahead, baby.
1: Here we come. And now, Again, there seems to be a culture change with the Clippers. Of course, you got CP3 coming back, but you have Doc Rivers coming in. Talk about Doc Rivers and what that means in terms of the culture change in
0: Clipperland. I mean, that's a that's a straight culture change to see a, a a a head coach. I mean, willing to come and 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 uh, coach for the Clippers. And, you know, and for Donald Sterling to write a check seven million. A year for a culture change for Doc Rivers, but my, but the conversation that I've always had with Doc, I mean, not even with Doc with Donald Sterling said, if you can show me the per- if you can show me a person that's worth my money, I will write the check. That's what he's always said. So I love the change today, and man, we're gonna they're gonna build from here, man, and you know, and and I believe, man, we're like like two seasons you know two seasons out I believe we can make the Western Conference Finals next season
1: now, I, and, and you talked about Donald Sterling and the rap that the reputation that he's had over the years and I remember many years ago in terms of looking at ESPN the magazine I saw the cover I saw Lamar they weren't they weren't on the cover but they were in the magazine Lamar Odom Keon Dooling Corey McGetty and Quentin Richardson and those guys, and the reality is he didn't resign any of those guys, really, and he didn't bring them back, and he told the whole situation with Elton Brand as well, and to your point, to your point, none of those guys really were worth the money that everybody wanted them to pay him.
0: Exactly, and that's what came to. you know what I'm saying? I mean, CP3. you, you see how he did CP3? and change When when Blake Griffin's Tyler came up, he wrote the check. When came, he wrote the check. You've you, you got to be able to know what you got to do. He's frivolous with, you know, being smart with his money. you got to give him credit for that, you know? You definitely. Because you definitely, you definitely people I tell people all the time. You name me one player that Donald has never signed, name me one player that Donald never signed, right, that went on the Super and you can't do it. You can't. You can't. And uh, mm-hmm. that's a great point
1: that you bring up. Let's talk about the whole situation. Doc Rivers was on again. It was off again. And at one point, Kevin Garnett was going to come possibly to the Los Angeles Clippers. Paul Pierce possibly was going to come to the Clippers. Ultimately, all that fell through. Doc Rivers did come. Did you want Kevin Garnett? You know
0: what? Right now we're building off of youth. I love DeAndre Jordan. I believe in my heart. DeAndre can be the next Kevin Garnett. I believe he can he can develop an inside and outside the game. And I believe that. It's all it's all about coaching and setting him up for that. And and that's what Kevin Garnett has had over the years, because everybody played the inside out game with him. So if you play the right. inside out game with DeAndre Jordan, I believe he could be the same person also.
1: So you believe in DeAndre Jordan. You believe in a guy who's had a hard time at the foul line. You believe in a guy at this point who who struggled in terms of Post moves. You believe at some point he will develop these things.
0: Yes, because if you notice at the beginning of the season, they were giving him the ball. How much? How much he improved? How much everything was uh, was point, and he was enjoying it. And then all of a sudden, when they went away from him and all they used him for was for his offense, his offense um, uh, suffered. So, during the season he was he was looking good, but then it, it suffered later in the season because they wouldn't give him the ball. As so if, if if you're gonna if you're not gonna give him the ball and you're not gonna make no plays for him, then you're not the game. You know what I'm saying? And that's what and that's what right. Del Negro did. You see. But now we got a new we got a new regime, we got a new culture, baby. It's on and cracking, baby. Clipper, <laughs> man, it just feels good to be a Clipper fan right now. We're talking
1: to the great Clipper Dell. Let's talk about some of the moves the Clippers made outside of CP3. You brought in JJ Redick. You brought in a Darren Collinson, You brought in a Jared Dudley. You bring back a Matt Barnes and a Ron, Ronny, Ryan Holland. Excuse me. In the process, you lost Bledsoe. You lost Karan Butler. But all in all, you like all the moves that the Clippers have made?
0: Oh, definitely, man. I'm going to miss Karan. I'm going miss Bledsoe, good friends of mine, man. Um, I'm More than likely, I'm going down to Phoenix to go check them out to play because, you know, I mean, those those are my guys, man. Clippers, once you put on that red, white, and blue uniform, I got love for you. So that's how I am. I go down there and support them, too. But my thing is, man, the the, the move that the Clippers made, I I definitely approve of them. Because they brought in role players. They brought in good guys, J.J. Reddick, Dudley, um, you know, Darren Collison, that was a steal. Man, I was like, whoa. They was out there watching. Good pickup. That's a good pickup. Pick and that was a that's going to be a great backup, a great backup to CP3. Because you really you look at the same player, right? Yep. So now CP3 gets to a little bit longer. You know what I'm saying? And, and, Definitely. And, and, I mean, he's back in. So man, it's it's, it's going to be a nice season, man. I, I can't I can't wait, man. i really...
1: Now, let's go to another team in LA. The Los Angeles Lakers, we all know what's going on with them. Dwight Howard, he decided to take his talents to Houston. Kobe coming off an Achilles. Steve Nash, we don't know how much he has left. How do you feel about your Lakers, man? Well, not your Lakers, but how do you feel about the Lakers?
0: You know what? I I tease Lakers fans all the time. I play around. But be honest, man, you can't count them out. They're the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? Number one franchise in the world. You cannot count them out. Look what they did. They just picked Kamen, right? They just picked up my man uh, Nick Young. Okay. okay. Now they Are supposed to be bringing Jordan Farmer back? So these are great ad- that can help them win games because uh, Nick Young is a shooter, and Chris Kamen is a, a rebounder and a shooter and can shoot free throws. <laughs> they brought in the center man for three million dollars for, for, for one for one year. Man, that that's excellent, man. I love Chris Kamen, man. You know, you know, Chris Kamen used to be a Clipper. Any, you know that? Can he stay healthy? Oh yeah, man. When you sign a one year deal, you always gonna make, remain healthy. You know that? <laughs> you gonna play hurt?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, but I, I look at the Lakers and, and Kobe Bryant. I mean. Obviously if Kobe Bryant does not come back in a timely fashion, I, I don't see how this this team can make the playoffs. Even with
0: some of the guys that you named. You know hey, I've seen I mean, I thought they wouldn't go make a last You see what happened. True. You know? So you can't never you can't never count them out. I would never count count a Lakers team out, man, because they're gonna make they're gonna make additions, subtractions, man, to make it work they they' waiting for that fourteen season because everybody's signing one year deals right now so that's what that's what's making it harder for them
2: but after you know when mm-hmm. they
0: don't get Carmelo's and the and the and the big names, they're gonna have to make adjustments you know now Definitely. now the, the problem is that i'm gonna ask, will kobe will Kobe Dean Bryant give up an extension because he's still he gonna make thirty million dollars this season next season right. is he's gonna sign a three year extension or is he gonna sign a a a lower a, a lower pay scale you know what I'm saying and some other he he's not taking it he's not gonna take a pay
1: cut he's not gonna you know that's he's, he he's gonna get what what he deserves so See, I mean that's so just talk, talk at this point but, right so now
0: you pay and, Kobe thirty five million dollars you're gonna pay Kobe thirty five million. million Who else you can bring in you you can't bring in nobody and that's what the you're right and that's what the problem is. That's the thing I loved about when, when the guys went over to Miami, man. All of them took pay cuts. They said, we're going in, this $45 million, and let's go do this. And that's what they did. And they brought home two championships to do it.
1: Now, Clipper, Clipper, Darrell, we look at all the moves you made. Doc Rivers is here, CP3, J.J. Reddick, Collison, Dudley, all the moves that you guys made. We have Dwight Howard and James Harden in Houston. You still have Westbrook and Kevin Durant in OKC. You still have the Spurs. You still have the Memphis Grizzlies. And, of course, you still have the Miami Heat out east. Can this Clippers roster, the way it's presently constructed, can this roster win an NBA title?
0: This is can my they win prediction. This is my prediction. And I said when I when hired Doc Rivers, I woke up the next morning, I said the Clippers will have a 60-22 and 22 record in the Western Conference okay. Finals. That's what I feel. I feel we're gonna get we're gonna get to that edge, but it just depends on the, the tip over. I just it's gonna be close. I, I think it's gonna be a, a game Western Conference Finals against OKC, and you know it, it'll go from there. But I'm saying 16-22 Western Conference Finals. The following year, the fucking year it's our year. Okay. So I'm looking at okay. I'm looking at 14-15, not 13-14. Okay. Right. okay. Okay.
1: okay. Fair enough. So fourteen fifteen is where you see the Clippers winning a title. Who knows? Maybe LeBron James is in Los Angeles Los Angeles at that point. Maybe Mellows in Los Angeles at that point with the Lakers. Who knows? Obviously, it's all speculation at this point. Now, Darryl, you are on Twitter. Where can fans connect with you on Twitter?
0: Yes, it's uh, ClipperDarryl, I-P-P-E-R-D-A-R-R-E-L-L. Or oh, they can go to dot. And they can get my Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook, everything, man. Email me, what do, I do man? I do answer back, and I answer back myself. And, and real quickly before you get out of here, I got to get a Let's
1: Go Clippers chant.
0: Let's go Clippers! <laughs> when you say, you say, Clippers.
1: <laughs> it's a lovely day, baby. I no, appreciate it, man. I appreciate you having me, man. Let's do it again. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. looking forward to it, baby. All right, take care. Bye-bye now. Clifford Darrow, greatest NBA fans out there. You can listen to this show and other great shows at blogtalkradio.com slash pgant, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at go F uh, Hit up our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash user slash go 4 cant. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a nice week. See you later. Take care. Bye.